This is Victoria of TheUnleashedHeart.com, and you're listening to Grieving Voices, a podcast for hurting hearts who desire to be heard, or anyone who wants to learn how to better support loved ones experiencing loss. As a 30-plus year griever and advanced grief recovery method specialist, I know how badly the conversation around grief needs to change. Through this podcast, I aim to educate grievers and non-grievers alike, spread hope, and inspire compassion toward those hurting. Lastly, by providing my heart with ears and this platform, grievers have the opportunity to share their wisdom and stories of loss and resiliency. How about we talk about grief like we talk about the weather? Let's get started. This episode is sponsored by Do Grief Differently, my 12-week in-person or online program that helps grievers who have suffered any type of loss to feel better. In Do Grief Differently, you learn new tools, education, and a method you can utilize the rest of your life. In this program, and with my guidance, you remove the pain of grief. The sadness will always be there because even in complicated relationships, we love but it's the pain of grief that keeps us stuck. Are you ready to do grief differently? Check out my website, www.theunleashedheart.com to learn more. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Whatever time it is that you're listening to this, thank you for being here and tuning in to Grieving Voices. Today, the question I am going to answer is how can I best help my child in their grief. And I received a version of this question on social media, and I thought I would address it here on the podcast. And I want to start by saying, reminding listeners, if it's been a while since you've heard my earliest episodes, or if you haven't listened to them yet, um, there are six myths of loss that I discuss in this podcast. And my blog posts and in all sorts of places and they're discussed heavily in the do grief differently program that I facilitate and the six myths of loss are don't feel bad replace the loss grieve alone be strong keep busy and time heals all wounds and I imagine that you've probably heard or had many of these taught to you as a child or that you do many of these things still today when you are struggling in your grief or have a challenging time in your life that's causing grief and the one thing that's true is that grievers tend to isolate but it's not natural because if you think about it infants cry out when they hurt And we don't isolate by nature. We isolate by training, by education, and by socialization. And we isolate because we are taught that we laugh together, but we cry alone. And so it doesn't mean that we need to be surrounded by others 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. And don't get me wrong, I'm someone that loves my solitude, And solitude is not bad. Collecting one's thoughts and feelings is not bad. I, for one, am an internal processor of my emotions and my feelings, and I need that time in private to do so. 
And if you know somebody who may be quick to anger or is maybe under a lot of stress, maybe one thing you could ask them instead of becoming defensive is, hey, I see that you have been upset lately. I see that you have been angry lately. Can I give you space? Is that what you need? Do you need space? Um, It's kind of seeing the need before the other person really even realizes maybe what they need. But if you're asking what that person needs or if that's possibly what that person needs because maybe they are an internal processor of their feelings like myself, space is exactly what they may, may need. But I think if you ask, what can I give you right now that could help you or how can I best help you? And if one of those things is space, then to be respectful of that as well. Because not everybody wants to talk it out. Or even if they want to talk it out, maybe they're just not ready. Or maybe you're not a safe person to do that with. But we isolate because we are taught many of these different myths that I just mentioned. There is a normal and natural need to keep our own counsel away from others and away from busy activity. And, you know, sometimes you just need to go into the bathroom and close the door and have a good cry. But the question this week is about how do I help my child in their grief? But I'm starting this episode this way because I want you to see and maybe recognize how you are responding to your own grief. Because if you listen to the first part of this, you heard me say, we isolate by training, by education, and by socialization. And so if as a parent or a caregiver or caretaker of a child who is grieving, who's going through a really difficult time but doesn't have the language to articulate what they're experiencing or what they're feeling, or if you assume that because they are not exhibiting behavior issues or they're not, you know, they're being a good child, air quotes, good child, that they're not struggling, you're doing that child also a disservice because it could just be how they're coping. It could be because every time they try to share how they're feeling, they get a negative response. So what if our children learned different beliefs about grief and how to respond to it? Do you believe that that might produce better results for them in their life? Maybe even as an adult because they would have learned different ways to cope, more healthy, positive ways to cope with their grief as an adult? which in turn impacts their children because if they have children and they're responding to their child's grief and to their own by what they know and what they were taught as kids, that may not be healthy. It may be more like those STURBS that are in one of the earlier episodes that I talk all about STURBS, the short-term energy-relieving behaviors, the gambling, the shopping, um alcohol, drugs, whatever it is that people 
resort to to feel better for a short period of time. Um, you can see where learning new behaviors, learning new ways to cope, can have not only short-term but long-term benefits for, ch- for children who have been raised with better beliefs about dealing with loss. There was doctoral research that was done uh, comparing children who experienced the death of a family member. And one group was made up of children whose parents or guardians had substantial awareness of the principles of grief recovery, which you can find in the Grief Recovery Handbook, which I will link in the show notes. Um, But the second group had no knowledge of the book or any of its principles or recommended actions. The essential difference between the two sets of parents or guardians was, was this. One group was helped to look at their own beliefs about dealing with loss, and while the other group was not. As a direct result of looking at and adjusting their own beliefs, those parents and guardians passed on better skills and ideas to the children in their care. The children in this first relatively enlightened group made much better transitions in the area of communicating about sad, painful, or negative feelings. They can talk safely and accurately about feeling sad, then move on to other feelings. The individuals in this group do not perceive themselves to be defective when they are sad, and over time, their bond of trust with their parents and their openness about their feelings remained steadfast. This group includes children who ranged in age from 4 to 8 when the major loss occurred in their lives, and they have sustained positive lessons learned as the result of their parents or guardians acquiring information about dealing more effectively with loss. Others in this study who were 8 or 9 when their loss occurred that were then teenagers uh, feel incredibly safe in talking about or hearing others talk about loss, and in addition, they're very helpful to friends who are dealing with loss. Keep in mind that what you believe is what you teach. So if you acquire more effective information about dealing with loss, you will be a better teacher, and your children will be the automatic beneficiaries. I know a lot of the people that I've worked with through grief recovery, who are also parents, realize a lot of ways in which they feel they failed their children just because they didn't know the lessons and these things that they are taught through grief recovery and in my program, Do Grief Differently. And even personally myself, like learning this information for the first time caused me a lot of grief because I can't take back the clock. I can't go back in time and fix how I was responding to the stressors and the grief in my life and that of my children because I simply did not know. I did not know then what I know now. And so if you're hearing this information and you've taken part in grief recovery, or if you haven't, if you read the book, the grief recovery handbook, or you listen to my previous episodes and you think, oh my gosh, I've I'm, I've screwed up my kids, or I am screwing up my kids. I want you to be gentle with yourself and realize, yes, you can't turn back time, but you can make a conscious effort 
and change moving forward. You can decide to arm yourself with better knowledge, with better information. Um, And a part of that may require you to look at your own losses. And it helps you to connect the dots of the patterns that you've repeated throughout your life so that you don't repeat those patterns and pass those patterns on to your kids. It's often why we see so many parents who struggle with substance abuse disorder or alcoholism who have children that struggle in the same way or in a similar way. And maybe it's not alcohol, maybe it's a different vice. But if we can understand and learn more helpful information and how to address our own grief, our children are better off for it. And so my response to the person that asked me this question was to learn, be open to learning new information, be open to learning about yourself, because that's how you integrate these this new information and apply it to your own life and when you start applying this information to your own life you show up differently in the lives of your kids and so I just want to encourage anyone out there who has children or are a caretaker of children who are grieving or struggling in grief as I can tell you when I was a kid grieving nobody knew what to do nobody had a clue But there wasn't anyone that I could talk to or anyone that was a safe person because, frankly, they weren't comfortable talking about their own sad stuff, right? I mean, I mean, that's that's the point of it is that if we can start getting comfortable with talking about our feelings, our kids will get comfortable talking about their feelings. But you often have to go first as the adult. You do have to go first because if you're not going to share and you're not going to be vulnerable with your child, how do you expect them to be vulnerable with you? And so I just encourage you to be open to the new tools and new knowledge. Seek it out. Go to my website, theunleashedheart.com. Check out the book, The Grief Recovery Handbook. Better yet, go through my program, Do Grief Differently or a group program uh, specifically for grief that I also offer online and in person and address the stuff in your own doorstep because once you clear that life is just that much sweeter and you can create I think more connected relationships not only with your children but with other people in your life as well Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I hope you found it helpful. And if you did, I hope you share it or leave a review. Um, And until next time, remember, when you unleash your heart, you unleash your life. Much love. From my heart to yours, thank you for listening. If you like this episode, please share it, because sharing is caring. And until next time, give and share compassion by being a heart with ears. 
And if you're hurting, know that what you're feeling is normal and natural. Much love, my friend. Thank you.